Here is a quote, a quote from a uh, German philosopher uh, in uh, one of his uh, books. This was written in uh, 1882, and it's a quote in one of his books called, uh, the book is actually called The Gay Science. How interesting is that? So German philosopher uh, Nietzsche said, God is dead. If you ever read the full context of this, this was something that caused a lot of upset amongst uh, uh, religious uh, gatherings 136 years ago. And in this he talked about a madman going into a, a marketplace and uh, shouting out to all the people there, uh, I've lost God, I can't find God. And then everybody in the marketplace who were all atheists are turning back to this madman and are asking, saying to him, what's it, buddy, you've lost him? Have you mislaid him? Uh, did you drop him somewhere? Have you forgotten where he is? And ultimately, he bats this back to these people and he says that God is dead and you have killed him. Funny phrase, uh, interesting situation. But what the philosopher was talking about at that point in time was the more that we water down the impact of faith on our communities, the more we water down and limit the moral standards in our communities. A lot of people said it was all about going against God, but it wasn't actually going against God. It was actually a wake-up call for us to realise that when we let take God off of the throne and we put ourselves on the throne our moral standards start to slip. So we've got a philosopher 136 years ago saying God is dead and uh, I am a Baptist minister and today my quote to you is God is dad. God is dad. Our Heavenly Father. I don't know um, if you realise this but the word Abba that we use um, it's not some Swedish pop group but Abba um, in Hebrew actually means uh, daddy. Now we sometimes sing the song, Abba Father. Do you sing that? Have you ever sung that? I haven't sung it since I've been here, but uh, I'm sure Abba Father. Yeah. Anyway, Abba Father. So, so Abba is Daddy. And I never ever thought about Abba as being Daddy until I was in Jerusalem. And one day I'm walking down the street in Jerusalem and uh, there's a family walking ahead, and one of the children has got behind, got caught up in, in other stuff going on, and then the little child realises he's been separated from the family, and now he's running down the street, and he's shouting, Abba, 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 Daddy, 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 Daddy. Father God asks us that we would be mindful and remember that he is our heavenly Father. He is our, our Daddy, This is the thing, though. What we have to do is we have to make sure that we don't have a limited mindset and understanding about the fatherhood of God and how he is our dad. You see, what happens in this world is that we all have fathers. We all have biological fathers. And some of us have been brought up with good fathers who have been supportive and caring and encouraging and always there for us. Some people have been brought up in homes where there's been an absent father. He was there at the beginning of life, but then hasn't been around for whatever reason as they've grown up, whether it be through separation or through, uh, through death. Some people have a fantastic view of their dad. Other people have a, a far less positive view of father. 
But one of the things that the Bible talks about is that God is our Heavenly Father. And He wants us to know and be aware of that He is the perfect Father. So whatever our image is, or was, or should be of a perfect Father, then He is that perfect Father. You see, He is a God who loves to bless. These words here from uh, Jesus, as He's speaking in Luke 11, says that, As you speak to your father, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake, asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. Even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much father in your heaven heaven will give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask? The thing about it is, is that there's a picture of, there's a difference between human dads and our heavenly dad. And Jesus wants us to be understanding of the fact that our father, who is in heaven, is perfect. And he's everything that even the best dads aren't here on earth. The thing is, though, we also recognize that our Father, Heavenly Father, is one who has a lot of joy and excitement and is happy. He's not a a finger-wagging judge who's always looking to uh, catch you out or, or mess you up or restrict you. The number of times in Scripture you find situations like this, that, just like in Luke 15, and Luke 15's got, got three separate instances where there's a guy who's a shepherd who loses a sheep. And when he finds his sheep, he gathers everybody together, and they sit around in a circle and they whinge about the lost sheep. Do you remember that story? That'll be a no, Dave. Okay? So when he finds the sheep... He gets everybody together and what do they do? They rejoice. We have a party. And then there's this lady, a lovely lady. She's got uh, ten coins. She loses a coin. She looks high and low, sweeps her house from top to bottom. This is a picture of God and uh, his love for people. And when she finds her coin, what does she do? She has a party. I don't know if everybody's read the last story of these three. You've got a lost sheep, you've got a lost coin, then you've got a lost son. And in the story of the lost son, he goes away, spends all his money, and then eventually comes back. His father sees him in the distance, runs to him, grabs him, swings him around, takes him home, redresses him, uh, a cloak, a ring, some sandals, and then they do something. Anybody know what they do? They have a party. So we've got three pictures there that remind us that God loves to party. Our Heavenly Father rejoices over us coming into a relationship with Him and He loves us to spend time with Him. There's no situations that you can find more exciting than these texts that remind us that He is a God who loves to party. And there's a point in Matthew's Gospel and somebody is saying, well, what's the Kingdom of Heaven like? And what the kingdom of heaven, like he says, is very simply, it is the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. I love the fact that the first miracle that we find Jesus uh, actually being involved in is at the wedding at Cana, where he turns water into wine. That sounds like God likes to party. God is enjoying being with his people. Lots of scriptures point us to the fact that our God is not dead, he is alive, and he's our dad. And then I come across this verse. This verse is one of my favourite verses in the Old Testament. Has anybody ever read 
Zephaniah 3.17. If you've ever read it, put your hand in the air. If you've read it before, if you've read it before, and okay, so I'm believing that everybody else probably has read it, but you don't realize this is where it comes from, or you haven't. This verse, I believe, speaks of the ultimate dad dance. Here's the scripture. It says this. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take refuge. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Can we read this together? Let's read it. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. What happens here is the prophet gives us a picture of our Heavenly Father who is excited about us. He starts off with this. He says that the Lord your God is with you. Do you remember in the very beginning of the, uh, the Gospels we have this encounter with, uh, with Mary and Joseph. You, we normally talk about it around Christmas time. But there's a point in this story where we are told that the virgin shall be with child and she will have a son. They will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means? Emmanuel means? And this is what the prophet speaks about in Zephaniah 3.17. He says this, he says, The Lord your God is with you. And from that point in time, we recognize that Jesus is the personification of God who comes to earth to show us what our Heavenly Father is like. He is with us. The Lord your God is with you. It just picks up on that verse from uh, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, which is beautiful. The Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I love the fact that, do you know what? God's for us. He's with us. He hasn't forgotten us. And even when we look at some of the tragedies that have been happening in our nation, we've got to say without a doubt that God is still with us. He is for us. The verse goes on to say that he is a mighty to save. One of the words that uh, is used in the Bible for save is a word called sozo. Can you say sozo? Sozo. The word sozo actually means saved for eternity, which means that we're taken from our destination of uh, eternally being separated from God and we are transferred that our destination will be in a relationship forever with God. So separation or community with God. Sozo, being saved, is that you're not going to go to a place separated from God for eternity. You are going to be in a place with him for all eternity. Sozo, you're saved. But it also means that you're healed. I believe wholeheartedly, 100%, that the scriptures remind us and tell us and encourage us to recognize that our God is a God who heals. He restores. The Bible says in Psalm uh, 103 that he forgives all our sins and he heals all our diseases. We've got no problem with God forgiving our sins today. We've also got to remember that he also is a healer. We need to pursue a God who heals. One of the beautiful things that we're doing here at the moment is we're training up our, uh, a group of amazing people who are going to be our, our prayer ministers. that They can pray with people after services. And what we're going to be doing tomorrow night is we're going to be specifically looking at praying for healing and seeing God do what he loves to do 
which is to heal. So he saves us, he heals us. That same word sozo means to deliver us. You see many times in scripture how people were tormented by the demonic. You see, demons weren't just around 2,000 years ago. They are alive and they are well and they are quite happy living in people in Basingstoke. And people need to be set free from the spiritual forces around us. So sozo, he says, he is mighty to save to make sure that we have a place set apart for eternity, that we are healed and restored, we are delivered. And the other word which we struggle with sometimes is the whole word of prosperity. Our God, who is the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and the hills as well, wants to bring blessing into our lives. And the thing about it is, as we sit here today, we are all really blessed. You are blessed. We are blessed. Here we are, where we are in Brighton Hill. We have everything that we need. We've got uh, clothes on our backs. We've got food in our stomachs. We've got a roof over our, our heads. That puts us probably in the top uh, sort of 10% of the richest people in the world because we have such things. So don't tell me in any way that God doesn't bless us. Sometimes it's a bit of a struggle, but God wants to bless us, bring prosperity onto our lives. Now, the reason why he brings prosperity onto our lives is that we would take on the mantle of his generosity and start spreading that out. And when we start giving away what God has given, that means that God can give us even more. But that's another sermon for another day. So God is mighty to save. That means he's the one who makes sure that we have an eternal destiny, that we will be with him in heaven forever, eternally. That we are healed. That our bodies are in line with his perfect creation, that we are delivered, set free from the torment and the upset of the enemy in the world, and that we are a people of prosperity and blessing. Mighty to save. But it also says that he will take great delight in you. I I, I love Psalm 62. Let me give you an insight into Psalm, uh, not Psalm, Isaiah 62. If I find this on my uh, little computer here, uh, Isaiah 62 says this, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name which the uh, mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be crowned with glory. In your hand of the Lord, there will be a royal diadem. In your hand of God, there will be no forsaking. Your land will no longer be desolate. You will be called my children. You will be called married to me. You will be ones that I delight in. You will be married to me because you are mine. What the prophet Isaiah talks about here, as he gives us a picture of Zion, God's place of people, is that they are a place that bring him delight and he wants to pour out goodness upon them. God loves what you do. And it's difficult to say that when you're enjoying yourself, God is enjoying you enjoying yourself. God's not anywhere thinking, you know, hey, you've stepped over the mark, you're having too much fun. If you're enjoying yourself, then recognize you're created in his image, and as you enjoy yourself, as you laugh, as you have fun, he delights in you. 
I, I think to myself, there's no greater joy as a dad than to see my boys succeeding, doing well. And my kids just have done well and are doing well and will continue to do well. And I, I don't know, I'm a proud dad. I haven't had a Father's Day card yet. Or a present. But I'm believing that just that little prompt might help things along. There are shops on the way home. I delight in my boys. Father delights in you. He says, he'll quiet you with his love. Sometimes we just need to be still. This is what the Bible says, doesn't it? It says that we are to be still and know that God is God. God sometimes wants us just to, can we just sit for a while? I just want to enjoy your company. Have you ever thought that God wants to just be still with you and enjoy your company? It's this picture of of nestling. It's the disciple John who talks about himself as the as the one whom Jesus loved. It's the one who reminds everybody that he laid his head against Jesus' chest. It's like an intimacy. God wants us to know that he loves us and welcomes us and desires us to draw near to him. What a heavenly father. He says, oh, I just want to just quiet you. If you know who I am, if you're drawn near to me, then all of the anxiety, all the fears, all the worries that at the moment in time are crashing into your life, well, let's just allow those to dissolve. Just be in my presence for a while. It says this uh, in Psalm 23, we all know these words so well. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So sometimes we just got to stop and allow God to refresh us and renew us. And that's what he wants to do. Our Heavenly Father wants to refresh us and renew us. But it means that we've got to stop for a while. We've got to take some time out to give him that opportunity to restore us. And then the verse goes on. He says, I will rejoice over you with singing. This is one of the most beautiful parts of uh, this word from Zephaniah. The Hebrew word for rejoice contains the suggestion. So here it says, he said he will rejoice over you. It contains the, the suggestion of dancing with joy. How about this? Your Father God dances over you with joy. Uh, or leaping for joy. Or, or spinning around. You know, you get so excited. Uh, God wants to get so excited with you as your Heavenly Father grabs hold of you and spins you around. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen people come, it might even be you yourselves, coming into an airport and you've had a family member who's been away for a long time and then there's that reunion. There's the barrier up. People are coming through on arrivals and there are those people who suddenly can't stand the barrier anymore. That, that restriction is no longer there. They break free under the barrier, get to their loved one, pick them up, and then they're spinning them around. That's the picture that we have of our Heavenly Father. This is what the prophet says, is he dances over you, he spins around you. And there's the word there that for uh, the singing. Oh, this is beautiful. This verse is more like... When he says singing, it's more like a, a, a shout of triumph. Yeah, one of the things that, I don't know if you could really pick this out from me, but whenever I used to support my boys when they were swimming, in a large swimming pool, if I was on the balcony and I was cheering my boys on, 
I could out-cheer a hundred people on the balcony. I, don't, I know you'll struggle with that. you find that hard to believe. But we've actually got a friend whose daughter... We were on open water swimming. This was, this was going down at Arundel, and it was on, on, on the river Arun. And uh, our, our, our friend's daughter was swimming, and she was ahead of everybody else. And there, I mean, there's hundreds in this race. And she is going like the clappers. And I'm shouting for her, Chloe, Chloe! She, by the time she finished the race, and she won it, because I chatted for her. She comes up and she, she says, you know, normally when you swim, you can't hear anything. She said, but I heard you. And I think, I think my boys would say the same. Do you know, when dad was in the crowd, um, they knew that somebody was there cheering them on. Um, not only the fact that he was extremely uh, outgoing in the way that he cheered, but also he was extremely loud. And this is what our Father God is for us. He dances around us. He picks us up. He swings around with us. He, he shouts your name and encourages you. And this is all I think I really want you to go away with today, is the fact on this Father's Day, whatever your picture of Father is, Allow that to be put to one side because your heavenly Father is far more. He's so much more for you than you would ever know. Let's read these words together. Let's read it out loud again together. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He rejoices over you with singing. This is your promise today. As you go away from this place after we've sung again, which we're going to do in a few moments, and then had some tea or coffee, um, go home realising that God is so for you. Your Heavenly Father not only loves you, but He actually likes you. He actually likes you too. And is excited about you. And we have this wonderful image, don't we, that, you know, if God had a fridge, your picture would be on it. That's how besotted he is with you. Scripture tells us that your name is written on the palm of his hand. That's how much he loves you. Our Heavenly Father, our Dad, Abba, Father, You are so loved.